Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're going to be talking about foods to support your pre-training fueling. So it's really important as a runner to make sure that we're fueling our bodies appropriately to maintain our performance throughout the run, but also to support efficient recovery afterwards. So we hope you enjoy our episode where we're going to look at four foods which will help support you. Just before we get started, um, it's Aileen here, and I just really wanted to say a big thank you to everybody for your kind messages. Uh, Many of you will know that my dad sadly passed away recently, and um, I had to take a little bit of a break from recording with Karen just to... um, you know, recover really. So thank you, Karen, for all your help. I really appreciate you. And thank you to all our listeners for being so supportive and for the kind messages that you sent me. Uh, But we're back on track. And uh, here we are with our next episode. Welcome to the Food Force Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. And it's Aileen here and I'm here again with Karen. Just wanted to say thank you so much for bearing with us for the last couple of weeks. Um, We've had to take a little bit of a pause, but we're back today and today we're spotlighting food for pre-training. So Karen, hello, how are you? Hi Aileen, Um, fine thank you and great to be back. Like you say, it's good to be back again, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've missed doing the uh, the episodes with you. Mm. So Karen, we're we're talking about pre-training foods. Um, So just to kick us off, um, do you have any favourite foods that you eat before you head out the door? Yes, although I just tend to eat um, before running if I'm running for a distance longer than 90 minutes. So um, and so if that is the case, if I'm doing a real endurance run, then I may have half a banana before I leave or maybe overnight oats it really depends on the distance that I am running Um, and I tend to stick to one of these two because they're really tried and tested Um, I've tried and tested them many times and I just find that they don't cause me any digestive system uh, issues so I just stick with those two how about you Aileen do you have any favorite pre-run foods 
Yeah, well, like you, I like to keep my pre-run food fairly simple. Mostly I tend to run in the mornings, again, like you. Um, so if I do that, if I, if I know that I'm going out on a longer run, then I'll have overnight oats. Um, and if it's, you know, a super long run, for me, I might add some eggs in as well because I like to have some protein as well as carbohydrate and that just helps keep my blood sugar balanced. You know, if I'm, if I'm getting into the sort of two-hour zone, I would need that. Um, but often, if like you say, if it's a short run, I would just try to go out in a fasted state mm. and um, try to get the benefits from that. If it's, um, you know, a short, less than 60-minute run, I can usually manage uh, without food. Mm. So so moving on to our discussion. Um, so we're, we're talking about food for uh, pre-training. So that's before we go out on a training run. Um, and as we said earlier, it depends, I suppose, on the distance, whether you need food or not. But from a, a health and nutritional point of view as a runner, um, our aim is really to ensure that we're fueling our bodies appropriately um, so that we can maintain performance throughout the run. Uh, and it's also to help us support efficient recovery afterwards. So we don't want to run out of energy during the run and we want to make sure that we recover very quickly. Um, so what we eat beforehand um, can also help reduce the risk of cramping um, and injury uh, during or following our run. So we've got to think of it from a holistic point of view. Um, so not just about energy, but also about uh, injury prevention and, and digestion as well. Um, so the four foods that we're going to discuss today that will support your pre-training fueling um, are um, maple syrup, egg, flaxseed and avocado and as usual we're going to discuss the nutritional properties of each of the foods and consider how they can be added into your um, pre-training uh, food plan and then we're, we're going to come up with a, a one-day menu um, at the end. So Karen let's start by talking about each of the foods one by one. Um, so maple syrup is, a, is an unusual one for us to uh, to be chatting about so why would you say that that's an appropriate food to eat pre-training yeah that's it's really interesting Aileen because it is a quick release sugar isn't it so um we don't we don't often um um recommend it however if it's used strategically for training then it can be really helpful and I have to say I just love maple syrup and I think it's a great vegan alternative to honey but can be used in in, in exactly the same way as honey pre-training um, and the reason that we are uh, looking at it today and recommending it here is for that carbohydrate content um, in the form of of that simple sugar so that quick release carbohydrate which is needed in distance training Training, certainly that long distance training for immediate energy. So, so to, to, to let you know how beneficial this food could be um, pre-training, and, and like I say, I'm really speaking about the endurance running here. Um, so so um, runs lasting beyond that 90 minutes that I mentioned earlier. And when you think about the energy content of maple syrup, 100 grams of maple syrup contains 67.1 grams of carbohydrates, of which 59.5 grams is sugar. So it is really high in mm. quick release carbohydrates. And that sugar um, is mostly in the form of glucose. Now, glucose is the, is, is the raw material that we need for producing energy. Um, 
so it's it's uptake and utilization is going to be far more rapid than other potential carbohydrate foods. So, for example, I'm thinking here about oats, which would need to be metabolized and broken down into its glucose form. So that is going to take time, quite a, quite a bit of time. So when we when we need that energy quickly, then maple syrup is going to be a much more beneficial food. Wow. So what you're really saying, Karen, is that maple syrup is, is an excellent food choice, particularly if there's a very little time between eating and running. But say if somebody was going to be leaving at least an hour between eating and running, then maybe a slower release carbohydrate choice would be more beneficial, like the oaks that you mentioned, um, for example. Yeah, exactly that, Eileen. Well put. <laughs> okay, okay. And it's good to know that the maple syrup's got so much glucose and it's really potent, you know, mm. the amount of um, glucose that it has. Um, but I just wanted to sort of break down those numbers into a little bit of a more realistic serving size because um, you wouldn't tend to eat 100 grams of maple sugar at a time, or I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would true. really get me worried. Yes. Um, so, so if we think about a tablespoon or 15 milligrams, or, or even less, you might want to take even less, but a tablespoon, which would would normally equate to about 15 milligrams, would provide 13.4 grams of carbohydrate, of which 11.9 grams is sugar. And that in itself is, is high. So a, a small amount can have a major effect. Um, so I always get worried. I know I don't know about you, Karen, but when I'm in, in company and having breakfast with other people and I see them squirting, uh, you know, liquid maple syrup or liquid honey onto their porridge, I'm always terrified at how much they're actually having. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's important not to go over this over the top with it, isn't it? Exactly. You want to kind of sh shout stop sometimes, don't you? Because they just keep keep pouring. Um, and 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 I think here really what we're saying is that it it is important um, to use for, but, but using it strategically in training. Otherwise, um, as you've alluded to, Aileen, it can lead to weight gain because it is just pure sugar. So mm. it's about that strategic use, depending on your training. And it doesn't mean to say you always need to be having maple syrup before you go out for a run. It will depend on the distance and the intensity of your running. Mm. And I just wanted to add here, you know, another nutritional property of maple syrup is manganese. Um, now, manganese is a, is a mineral and also a cofactor. So, so works alongside other nutrients um, that are required in several different enzyme reactions needed for the production of energy as well so it's it's going to support our running performance um in in producing energy as well as the sugar content that it has so so twofold um, um sort of support there regarding energy so alien let's move on now and think about eggs uh, what can you tell us about eggs and and their nutritional content that could support us um pre-training yeah, well, as, as you know, eggs are pretty much a staple in my diet. And I probably would eat them every day if I could, but I try to measure myself out. So <laughs> um, I, I do tend to have them for breakfast and their protein content is the thing that uh, we're focusing on here. And, and that really helps keep me full until lunchtime. And, you know, many people probably know that eggs are, are actually a complete protein in that they contain 
all the nine, all of the nine essential amino acids that the body can't produce internally. Um, and they also contain quite a few micronutrients. So they're almost a complete food. Um, anyway, it's the, it's the eggs, eggs protein content that we're considering here. And as a runner, um, we all know that we need protein for building lean muscle, uh, as well as muscle repair and recovery. Uh, and protein is also important for maintaining soft tissue strength and suppleness. And again, that that's going to help us reduce the risk of injury. So um, you may remember that we've talked about the branched chain amino acids in the past, so leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And, and these are the principal amino acids for muscle protein synthesis. Uh, and as eggs are a complete protein, they, they do contain these amino acids. Um, and for also from a practical point of view, um, eggs are fast to cook. And for, for many people, they're, they're quite easy to digest, which, again, is quite important for pre-run eating so that, you, you know, you're timing them so that you can digest them um, before a run. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. You know, the foods that we are consuming, even if it's an hour to two hours before a run, they still need to be reasonably easy to digest so that you're not going out feeling really full when you go out for your run. So a really good point there, Aileen. And just sort of thinking about the branch chain amino acids, this is um, something that we discuss quite a bit um, in some of the other episodes. And I'm thinking here of episode three, when we discuss macronutrients to help runners go faster and longer. And also episode um, nine, when we discuss energy bars and gels and also the protein powder. So we go into quite a bit of depth regarding the um, branch chain amino acids. Um, there. So, and like you, Aileen, um, eggs are a real staple in my, my diet um, as well. And I think that they're a really good and very affordable source of high quality protein. Because meats, as we know, and some fish and chicken and things can be quite expensive. But I think uh, and uh, I think eggs are, are reasonably priced. They are. They are. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's that's interesting, Karen. So let's uh, move on and talk about flaxseed, um, which is also known as linseed. Sometimes um, they're sort of interchangeable names. Mm. Um, so what are the properties of flaxseed that would be beneficial to us if we were to consume flaxseed before we go running? Yes, well, flaxseed is known to be um, a, a really potent anti-inflammatory food, and that's due to its omega-3 fatty acid content. Um, and, and, and in fact, it is seen as the principal food for vegans and vegetarians as a source of omega-3 fatty acids. Now, um, as we know, and we've spoken about quite a bit in the past as well, Aileen, is that exercise, especially endurance exercise and high impact exercise is known to be pro-inflammatory. Therefore, it is really important to try and counteract this by eating foods that could diminish or maybe limit the pro-inflammatory pro effects of overrunning. Um, because if inflammation, if it's not addressed, could increase a runner's risk of injury, but also illness as well. And I'm thinking here of um, uh, urinary tract infections and the upper respiratory tract infections as well, which are really common complaints in runners. And again, especially the distance runners. So, um, so definitely one to, to, to consider. Yeah. And it's the omega-3 content of the flax seeds in the form of ALA, which is alpha 
linolenic acid uh, rather than the DHA and the EPA form in oily fish that we're, we're focusing on here. Um, so the forms that are found in the oily fish are highly bioavailable to the body. Uh, but when we're looking at the ALA, that actually requires a conversion uh, process into DHA and EPA. And that process requires an enzyme, which in some people isn't as available as others. Um, and it also depends on certain nutrients being present so that if, if somebody's um, nutrient deficient in general, um, that could limit the conversion um, of the ALA too. Um, so something to bear in mind that although flaxseed oil, um, because you know we, we talk about ground flaxseed and we talk about flaxseed oil as well being, being important um, sources, but the flaxseed oil contains twice the amount of omega-3 as fish oil. Um, so so that might be interesting to people if you're vegetarian um, or vegan. Um, it is anti-inflammatory, uh, but it's generally thought to be less potent due to this limitation of the bioavailability of the DHA and EPA. Um, so if you're a vegetarian or vegan, it, it, it's a very important source of omega-3. Um, and, um, you know, it's a useful um, source to use in your, in your everyday diet as, as well as uh, giving you the anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, there are some other uh, important nutrient properties for, for good health. Yes, and, and from what you're saying there, Aileen, because the bioavailability of the DHA and EPA is vastly or, or certainly reduced um, in the flaxseed and, and other plant versions um, of omega-3, then potentially a supplement may be important for some people. But again, testing could be done to, to, to check out the omega-3 levels, the DHA and the EPA levels for people to see if they do need to have a supplement or not. But, you know, there are studies that have shown that ALA in itself has health benefits, including reducing the risk of heart disease and also certain cancers. So ALA in its in its the form of ALA is, is beneficial as well as when it's converted to the DHA and the EPA. So, okay, let's finally move on and consider the nutritional properties of avocado that, um, that again, could support us pre-training. Now, the reason we've chosen avocado is for its natural levels of potassium. In fact, on, uh, only half an avocado contains as much as 680 milligrams of potassium, which is fairly significant when you think that the recommended daily allowance um, for potassium is between 1.9 grams and 5.6 grams. So it sounds as though, you know, 680 milligrams isn't that much when 5.6 milligrams is the upper level. But when you think that's just from one half an avocado, it's actually mm -hmm. quite significant, I think. Um, and I th and I think that as most um, of, of us will be aware, most runners are aware that potassium is an important electrolyte that can become diminished in, in distance runners, in other runners as well, especially if you're running in, in heat, but for a distance runner, um, when they're um, or it, they're running in intensely and it's in the heat, then or if somebody has a high sweat rate as well, that could be another time when it would be really important to consider the potassium levels um, and make sure that they are sufficient. 
Okay, so and something else that just is sort of running through my mind is when potassium um, is dim- diminished in runners suffering from it can be related to digestive distress with chronic diarrhea too. Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. That's that's a really good point, um, and and worth bringing up. That yes, that that diarrhea can lead to the loss of of potassium. So really worth bearing in that bearing that in mind, and and its medical term is hypokalemia. So that's what low potassium levels means, and that can cause significant reactions in individuals, including the muscle weakness, muscle cramps, and or muscle muscle twitching, which. Possibly um, many runners have experienced at some point in time. However, there are some other symptoms that go alongside that um, that people may not have associated with potassium. And this includes sort of general lethargy, um, fatigue, also irritability. And it can also lead um, sort of further down the line to, to constipation. So quite a few different symptoms. Yeah. And if not addressed, it can also lead to mental confusion and abnormal heart rhythms to arrhythmia. Um, so it's interesting to really focus on potassium because we tend to generally think so about sodium when we associate um, discussing electrolyte balance for runners, but it, this is sort of just highlighting how important potassium is too. And, and probably most people have never thought about getting potassium from an avocado. Yes, yeah, no, that's really true. Some people might have heard of um, sort of bananas being good for potassium because I think a lot of runners, a lot of athletes use bananas anyway, mm. so they may be more aware, but maybe not so much with the with the avocado. And and it is thought that um, up to three grams per day of potassium can be lost through sweat. So that's quite significant, actually. But this would be in more extreme cases, such as running really long distances in the heat. But I think what this does is it emphasises the importance of addressing potassium intake and balance um, for distance runners um, and and sort of maybe the, the long distance runners thinking about being closer to that upper end of the, the recommended daily allowance to ensure that they don't um, sort of have that long term um, potassium depletion, which potentially is going to lead to what you were speaking about, Aileen, that mental confusion and the um, the arrhythmias, the heart arrhythmias. So, and just a final point um, about potassium before we move on, it is also a, a, an important cofactor in the conversion of glucose into glycogen and glycogen being that stored energy. So again, as runners, if we are insufficient in in potassium, it could lead to um, the muscle weakness and fatigue that we mentioned earlier if we haven't got sufficient glucose or sufficient glycogen stores to to be released to to energize us as we're running. So um, yeah, really interesting. It is, it is. Mm. So um, let me just recap, Karen, before before we move on. So I'll just quickly recap on each of the, the foods and their nutritional properties. Uh, so we started off with maple syrup. Um, and what we're really focusing on here from a nutritional point of view is using its carbohydrate content um, for pre-training. Um, specifically, it's it's got simple sugar content, which is predominantly in the form of glucose. And as we mentioned earlier, that's a great source of uh, quick to access energy. Uh, then we talked about um, eggs. So the nutritional property of eggs that we're focusing on in this discussion is the protein content. 
and and really thinking about having an adequate intake of all the essential amino acids, especially the branch chain amino acids. And that could um, help reduce the risk of of injury and also support uh, muscle recovery as well as uh, muscle protein synthesis. Then we looked at flaxseed, um, which is probably an unusual one that maybe some of us haven't thought about uh, with regards to pre-training. Uh, and here we were looking at the omega-3 fatty acid content and focusing on the fact that it's a very potent anti-inflammatory nutrient. So that could help reduce the risk of injury and illness, um, which um, may be common in, in runners. And then finally, we looked at the avocado and where we were looking at there was really how we support a runner pre-training with its potassium content and the potassium has many functions in the body including glycogen storage and uh, also focusing on potassium as being an important electrolyte which is known to be lost in sweat and if you have low potassium levels um, that can lead to a number of symptoms that we've, we've mentioned earlier so, um, so yeah, a lot, a lot to think about with these four foods, Karen. Mm, um, so, so let's move on and think about how we could use these um, foods in recipes and menu ideas. Um, so, Karen, starting with maple syrup, have you got any great tips or recipes to share? Yeah, well, if I, if I was um, having it just before going out for a long run, I would just have it um, off the spoon um, because that's going to really help enhance the absorption and utilisation rate of the, the glucose. So that's the way that I would do it. It's, it's the way I would recommend it, but it might not appeal to everybody um because i don't think everybody enjoys consuming pure sugar off of a spoon and mm. uh, so so here instead you could maybe consider adding it to a smoothie so and um, what i would say here is if you are having the smoothie just before you run then keep it quite fruit and maple syrup heavy um so that you're keeping it as quick release carbohydrates or quick release sugars but if you're having it say one to two hours before you run maybe add some oats um, or chia um, or um, flaxseed or something like that um, to keep the, nutri- the uh, keep it nutrient dense, but also to ensure that it contains some slow release carbohydrates for that slow and sustained energy release because you're not needing it immediately, but you want to maintain your blood sugar balance for when you do start running. Aileen, what about you? Do you have any suggestions for, for using maple syrup pre-training? Um, well, I, I would say, you know, add a, you know, a teaspoon, dessert spoon, tablespoon, you know, whatever amount you need for your, for your pre-training to maybe some yogurt. You could have it with some nuts and seeds um, or maybe even adding it to your porridge. So that would give you sort of a, a healthy, um, tasty pre-run snack or, or meal before you're running. Um, so, yeah, I think it, like you said earlier, it's, 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 it's simple it's very simple Mm, uh, but it has really uh far-reaching effects so i think and it's expensive too so that's maybe another reason why people don't think about it you know it costs quite a few pounds to get a a jar of maple syrup but Mm. um it sounds like it's well worth it from everything we've talked about yeah okay so let's um let's think about using eggs um pre-run so as I said earlier, this is an easy one for me because eggs are always in my fridge and um, probably scrambled eggs would be the quickest to make if you're at home. Uh, It takes, you know, a couple of minutes to make some scrambled eggs. Uh, But obviously you could have boiled poached, you could have an omelette. 
And also, if, if you're thinking about taking eggs as a pre-packed meal or snack, you know, if you're, if you're maybe at work or out and about at the weekends and you, you need something before you run, I'd suggest maybe making some egg muffins or slices of frittata and they're easy to transport. Um, I also have a cheesy flapjack recipe, which I think we've shared um, in the Facebook group mm. uh, that uses eggs too it's got oats it's got uh, cheese and eggs um, so that's another way of taking your eggs uh, and then the other dead easy thing to do is to have a peeled hard-boiled egg so again you know that's very easy to travel with and uh, eat quickly mm. how about you Karen do you use eggs for pre-run training Yes, I would, but uh, I would I would definitely only be eating them if I had at least an hour um, between consuming them and running as, um, you know, the, they're one of the easier protein foods to digest, but they still do need a bit of time for digesting. So if there was too little time between eating and running, then it could cause a stitch. Um, certainly for me anyway, I find that um, um, I just need something that's it's, that's a bit lighter. But, clear, but clearly, if I did have that hour to two hours then I'd be absolutely fine and I really like poached eggs so that would be my egg of choice and then boiled eggs um so I with with um boiled eggs I, I like them hard boiled and then I would slice them and have them on top of say oat cakes with um a little whole grain mustard or maybe avocado as well or instead of the the mustard um I think another great way of using them for a pre-run breakfast or at any time of the day really is um it's another Spanish word alien huevos rancheros which is a real sort of um Spanish South American speciality that is really tasty um and it 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 takes a little time to make, so definitely one to consider for the weekend. Maybe when you're getting up, you're having a decent breakfast first, and then you're going out to run later um, later in the morning. But um, all you have to do is just sort of chop some garlic, fresh chili peppers and red bell peppers, and put them in the frying pan along with a, a can, or preferably a jar actually, of um, tomatoes or passata, and just let this simmer gently until, until it becomes really thick and fragrant and then chop some fresh um, cherry tomatoes into the sauce then make a couple of wells to crack the eggs into season that with pepper then put the lid on and just wait for the eggs to cook and then voila your breakfast is served Sounds so great. yes <laughs> yes it's it's a really tasty but easy one to make but it does take a little bit more time than overnight oats or a smoothie mm-hmm. um but let's move let's move on to flaxseed. Now these are really versatile, I think. Um, you just need to remember to soak them or grind them before eating them so that you can access their full um, potential of health benefits. And, um, and I think they're really great to add to um, a breakfast or a snack in the form of a smoothie. Or you could use flaxseed oil maybe to drizzle over um, salads or, um, and vegetables and things. So a really easy one to incorporate into the diet. How about you, Aileen? Do you have any other great ideas for flaxseed? Well, I think, you know, the simplest ways to use it is um, stirring a dessert spoon into your porridge or, or yogurt. Um, I like quite like making flaxseed crackers. So um, my favorite one has sun-dried tomatoes and chopped herbs in it and um, you know they're baked or, or dehydrated so they're really lovely, um, lovely. yeah and, and also ground flaxseed you could maybe make 
stir a little bit into flapjacks, you know, so it's, mm. it's quite an inoffensive um, ingredient. So it's mm. easy to yes. add to different things. And, and just another tip on um, ground flaxseed is um, store it in the fridge uh, because that will keep it nice and fresh and, and make sure that it's, uh, you know, the bioavailability of the nutrient is good for you. Mm. Mm, okay, point. so finally, we'll move on to avocado. Um, and I think, you know, avocados are very popular as a breakfast or a brunch meal, maybe with toast or accompanying some eggs or smoked salmon. Um, I, I sometimes will add avocado to a green smoothie, uh, which gives it a lovely velvety texture. Um, so, you know, if you've got some soft avocado that maybe you don't fancy on the plate, that's a good way of using that up. Um, what about you, Karen? Do you um, use avocados at home? Yes, I do. In fact, that we always have some um, lying around. Um, they don't really lie around very long, actually, because we all love them. Um, and I would definitely use them as a topping on the huevos rancheros. It just, again, um, is a nice sort of um, velvety texture, like you were saying. So really, I love the the um, texture of of avocado. You could also smash them and just um, put them on oat cakes or sourdough bread and then top that with a, a banana if you just kind of feel that you need that extra energy boost for the run. Um, I also really like um, making them into guacamole, which is really delicious with different vegetable sticks. Um, I just add chopped tomato, garlic and a little lemon and olive oil to the avocado and just mix it all together. And it's, it's just so easy to mix. And you could, again, add a little dried chili if you wanted to give it that South American um, flair to it. Um, or else, if you, but if you don't like that heat, than just having the the garlic and, and and the tomatoes. Okay, so I think we've come up with some great ideas for um, everybody to consider. Um, so I think what what we'll do now, Aileen, is um, make up our one day meal plan um, using some of the ideas that um, that we suggested. And I think because we're looking at pre run ideas, you you will need to choose the meal that best suits the timing of of your training. Because like Aileen was saying earlier, for some people it might be later in the day that you're um, that you're going out for your run. So just thinking about which of the meals that we're suggesting is going to best suit your running training. Um, but just thinking about using the other foods, the other menu ideas at different times of the day as well. So, um, so just to, um, to summarise what we've spoken about already before we move on, Aileen. So we've looked at food ideas for maple syrup, which includes um, banana and maple smoothie, um, Greek yoghurt with maple um, and seeds, and then food ideas for the eggs were the huevos rancheros, boiled eggs on oat cakes with um, whole grain mustard. The flaxseed could easily be mixed into a salad um, using the the flax oil. And then um, for avocado, again, smashing them on oat cakes with banana or maybe making them into guacamole and having that with crudite. So, Aileen, let's move on to the one day meal plan. Um, what would you suggest for breakfast? 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm intrigued by the banana and avocado. I have to say, I've never used that as a combination, so I will well, try that at some point, Karen. Yeah, it is interesting, Aileen, because um, the, it's something that's recommended when babies start to have solids. Oh, because wow. it's the the texture is really really smooth, um, but um, it's velvety, but it's it's still sweet, and mm. it's easy for them to incorporate. So it's one of the easy foods to start um, to start a child or a baby oh, on. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, where I, think, I picked it up actually. Yeah, thinking about it, you know, you get um, avocado and chocolate mousse as well, and you can't taste the avocado, can you? Mm. I've, I've forgotten about that one. Yes. Okay, so uh, getting back to breakfast. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I just keep it really simple and go for oats, either overnight oats or um, porridge with some flaxseed stirred in, and then you could um, top it with some Greek yogurt, maple syrup, and some sunflower seeds. So that would be a very lovely breakfast um, mm. as you say depending on what time you were going to be going running you might need to think about the timing of eating that um, so what would you do for lunch Karen? Um, I think for lunch I'd go for the open sourdough sandwich with um, avocado slices maybe topped with chopped walnuts um, and then for an evening meal, I choose the huevos rancheros, maybe having that with sweet potato wedges and um, a green salad. So, Aileen, what lastly, what would you consider for some snack ideas? Um, well, there's lots of really nice ideas that we've talked about. So I think the guacamole is a lovely idea to have that with some crudités or crackers. Um, you could have some hummus with the flaxseed crackers that I mentioned. And um, perhaps a banana and maple smoothie, because um, I think we always forget about smoothies being quite a good thing as a snack. Mm. Um, and it's an easy to travel with type of uh, snack. And then finally, if you wanted to use eggs as a snack, maybe a frittata slice or a, an egg muffin would be good. Mm. Really good. So, idea. so that's uh, some some good ideas. Uh, hopefully, uh, people will have a go and try some of them out. So, Karen, let's just uh, round up. So, I wondered if you could summarise the key nutrients of the foods we've spoken about today. Yeah, sure, really. So we started off by speaking about maple syrup and its key nutrient really that we were considering here was the carbohydrate. Um, it's really good for um, providing the quick release sugars, which is ideal for promoting energy ahead of our running training. Um, and then thinking about the eggs, the key nutrient here um, that we were speaking about was protein, which is really good for building the, the lean muscle, as well as sort of the muscle repair and muscle recovery. And it is also important for maintaining the soft tissue strength and suppleness and, um, and also helping reduce the risk of injury when we're running. Um, and then thinking about flaxseed and the key nutrient here that we discussed was the omega-3 fatty acids, which are anti-inflammatory. So therefore may support reducing um, the risk of, of injury and illness that is quite common in runners. And then finally, thinking about avocado. Um, the nutrient here that we discussed was potassium, and that was sort of supporting our electrolyte balance, but also good for um, the promotion of glycogen store storage. So again, important for energy production. So those would be the mm. key points, yeah. Aileen. 
Very good. Really interesting, Karen. And I think what's nice about these episodes is that we're we're looking at foods that we don't always think about, um, you know, and, and how they contribute. So it's been uh, another interesting episode. So we hope everybody's feeling inspired to try some of the food ideas. And just finally, remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas. Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. <music>